This is Vermont Credit Unions on Air, a service of the Association of Vermont Credit Unions, and I'm Joe Bergeron. We have a special episode for you today with a name certainly familiar to most Vermont credit unions. For 21 years, Tom Candon was Deputy Commissioner of Banking for the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. It was during that tenure as Vermont's Chief Financial Institution Regulator that Tom first became involved with the National Association of State Credit Union Supervisors, or NASCIS for short. First as a member of its board of directors and eventually as chairman of that board. Although in retirement Tom's no longer involved as the state financial regulator in Vermont, he's still very involved with NASCIS as a member of its accreditation program. And that program was created by NASCIS for the regulators of each state. And that's what we'll be talking about today. So welcome and thanks for joining us, Tom. Thanks, Joe. Great it's, to be here. It's great to have you here. So 21 years at the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, you saw a lot of comings and goings of people and governors and, and commissioners and everything. And I worked for three Vermont governors. Wow. Uh, it was a very enjoyable time, though. The uh, financial institutions were changing, and uh, the laws were changing, and um, so it wasn't boring at all, we say. We never were bored, um, but it was a, a very quick 21 years. Uh, the position had one of not only regulating the banks and the credit unions, but also uh, the mortgage companies as the non-depository uh, uh, financial institutions started to grow. So it was a good time for me. Um, it was during uh, the later years of your tenure there that you first got involved with NASCIS, right? That's correct. Um, actually, I um, became uh, involved with NASCIS early on in, in my tenure oh, really? at the state because of the accreditation program. Oh, okay. um, we did, uh, Vermont was not accredited at the time. Yeah. And um, as I joined the department, uh, things were happening, as, as you pointed out, times were changing and we were trying to keep up with the times and the changes. And uh, didn't, uh, it appeared to me that a, a good way to look at it was, you know, what what's the standard? What, uh, what are the larger states in the country doing to be able to have a uh, adequate uh, credit union regulatory program. So people are certainly familiar with, you know, the fact that there are state regulators of credit unions and banks and, of course, with NCUA for credit unions at the federal level and whatnot. Um, but I thought it would be a good idea to talk about NASCIS and this accreditation program that you're involved in because probably most credit union people aren't too familiar with NASCIS. They've heard the acronym, I'm sure, and know it's the association for state credit union supervisors, but that now awareness probably doesn't go much further than that. So, uh, so, so what is what is NASCIS? I'd okay. be glad to tell you about that. Um, NASCIS is an association of uh, state regulators of credit unions. Um, it is uh, the voice for the credit union regulators in Washington. Um, it helps uh, the states uh, to um, be able to express their. Uh, thoughts on various pieces of uh, regulation and uh, legislation that might come from Washington. Um, and also, um, we have 45 states that do have credit union supervisors. There's five states that have no uh, credit state-chartered credit unions. So for those 45 mm -hmm. states that have uh, credit unions, um, they each have their own laws. Uh, they have their own chartering. And um, this is a great way to uh, participate in an organization that sees how all the states are operating their credit union regulatory program. And it's a way for exchanging ideas, finding the best way to do things, and also have a single voice in Washington. Very cool. 
you said there's five states that have no what they have no state no state chartered credit, credit unions. Two of them have do not have an act, but no credit unions, and oh. three just have uh, neither act nor credit unions. I just assumed that if a state had no state chartered credit unions, it was because they had no law authorizing it. There are so two that that do that don't have credit unions at this time. That sounds. Uh, that's strange to me. But well, there's an oppor- opportunities for people in that state to put I together so. a state chartered credit union. I guess so. So we said at the onset that you got involved in NASCIS, and I know you said that you got familiar with NASCIS, you know, as part of the getting Vermont accredited under the program that NASCIS provides and whatnot. But at some point in time, um, you got on the board of directors. Well, again, uh, NASCIS was a great source for me as a state regulator to find out more about what um, was happening nationally. Uh, it was a great way to take a look at um, other states and their laws, and also uh, NASCIS provided education for the uh, credit union regulators. Um, also had training for our examiners, our state chartered uh, credit union examiners. And so um, began to become involved with that, attending their meetings. Um, a number of their meetings were uh, cooperative meetings with the NCUA. Um, the idea of a state credit union uh, being chartered by a state regulator under state laws um, is a separate um, chartering system than the NCUA, mm-hmm. which is charters re- uh, federally credit unions under the federal law. Um, it is a little unique, though, and uh, that's why we had to continue to keep talking with each other. In the case of uh, the banking side, and we don't want to go too far there, the banks are regulated by either a federal regulator, the controller of the currency, or a state, um, such as the state of Vermont, mm-hmm. under the Vermont state laws. The insurer of the deposits is a separate organization known as the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Mm-hmm. And so there's like a three-legged stool there. On the credit union side, actually the state's do charter, obviously the state chartered credit unions, but the on the national scene, uh, the federal credit unions are chartered by the NCUA, who also happens to be the insurer right. of both state and federal regular uh, state and federal credit unions. And so there's a lot of discussions that need to be had with the NCUA as far as states are concerned to uh, find out what. Their plans are um, we oftentimes do joint examinations, uh, or at least the NCUA will come in and do focused examinations with the state regulators. So there's a lot of cooperation that needs to happen. And this can happen through an organization such as NASCIS that can help us um, work uh, with all the states in the country in the NCUA. So I, I know, uh, you know, during your time at the Vermont Department, you were a big proponent of the dual chartering system that you just described, of having the option of being federally or state chartered credit union, uh, federally or state chartered if you're a credit union. Um, but you know, I'm wondering from a from your experience as a past state level regulator, um, when all of your credit unions are federally insured, uh, yet your credit unions state chartered. There must be some challenges there. Obviously, there's a lot more coordination between the state regulator and the federal regulator required, and a lot more communication. And there is, as far as far as uh, excuse me, as far as the uh, insurance is concerned. Mm -hmm. Now, state laws may differ from uh, federal laws, and it may be more advantageous for a credit union in this state to be um, under a state 
regulator as opposed to under a federal regulator. There is the opportunity for the states, as everyone always says, or the states say, there's incubation for new ideas on how to improve uh, credit union uh, laws, rules, how to make it more attractive to members. Uh, and it, at this point, uh, across the country, um, as far as Assets are concerned, we're about evenly divided between federal and state-chartered credit unions. We're about evenly divided with the number of members in state-chartered and federally-chartered credit unions. So um, there, there's a advantage to, to both. It depends sure. on um, you know what the uh, organization, what the credit union and their uh, directors want to do. But uh, in, in Vermont, it's been always been attractive to be a state-chartered credit union. And I know in, in my time with Vermont Credit Unions and during your tenure, you know, at DFR uh, in Vermont, um, you know, whenever, it, well, I was going to say whenever a new credit gets chartered, which doesn't, which is kind of a rare occasion these days. We so, had one during but, my tenure. <laughs> well, yeah, one during 21 years, yeah. Um, but looking back over the decades, you know, leading up to that and in other states, just, you know, on average nationwide and everything, um, you know, I'm sure it varies with the times. You know, one decade the state law in any given state is more favorable than federal. The next decade it swings the other way, and you know, it depends what a credit or the people chartering the credit union want to do as far as powers and field of membership. And That's correct. How, that. how their internal governance is right. of that individual credit union is, right. is dictated by the state laws. And I imagine that uh, NASCAS um, has or can have a challenge. You know, you're looking at. 40, 40 some odd different laws, different personalities, you know, running those agencies and whatnot, and yet you want to strike a balance between um, NASCAS as a state, as an organization representing all 40 some odd entities, 45, yeah. and the federal regulator on the other side. So there's a, a lot of you can have a completely different situation from one state to the next. On that, that's sure. true. The, yeah. the state laws can differ. The, right. As you say, the personalities of the regulators. Sure. And, and the regulators are, in many cases, appointed um, by the governors. And so those regulators right. may change over they the years. Sure. And so there's always that uh, need for a, for a balance. Um, and that's why with uh, NASCAS, or oftentimes uh, over the past, there's been uh, numerous um, national meetings, um, a sharing with uh, the state regulators from all those different states with the different state laws and in COA and uh, try to discuss what's the best way to be able to have a healthy and safe credit union system uh, that will be serving the members and yet um, allow for the differences between the state and national. Well, Credit Unions of Vermont, we're fortunate that uh, over the course of over two decades that you were kind of like that uh, constant stabilizing force for the Vermont state regulator uh, under the tenure of three different governors and, and whatnot. So that was important to us. Well, thank you. But uh, the, the department is, continues to go on. We sure. had some great people, examiners, as well as uh, the leadership in the uh, banking division. And we do today. I continue to amazed with the work that they do and uh, make sure that uh, Vermont has a healthy, competitive uh, environment for yeah, and there's never a lack of new issues that pop up. Uh, no, I don't. They're, they're, as I said, we were never bored, and I'm sure they are not today. I'm sure. So uh, why don't we talk about the whole accreditation program, if that's okay with you, because I'm guessing that's something that um, most people listening, if they're even if they're in credit union lane, aren't probably too familiar with the accreditation process that goes on 
uh, provided by NASCAS for state credit union regulators. Under NASCAS's accreditation program, the um, was, which was uh, adopted about eight, 1985, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, since that time, we've had 28 states are now um, accredited. Uh, they are reaccredited every five years with an on-site team, the groups that I participate mm -hmm. in. The accreditation program is similar to uh, what some people may know as a, a hospital accreditation or school accreditation. Each has its own purpose, uh, but this is an accreditation program that's overseen by NASCIS. There's a, a performance standards committee made up of um, select state um, regulators around the country, and the, that committee meets and makes sure that the standards that are included in that accreditation program um, are of the highest standard and that they can be well interpreted by all the states that want to participate. Um, the, the accreditation program uh, and what the team that I participate on will do is to, um, after a state does a very extensive um, survey of what its operation looks like, um, concentrated in the areas of administration and finance, personnel and training, Examination, supervision, and legislative powers are the, the areas that are part of this accreditation program. And the state, if it wants to become accredited, and we have some still looking at it and are in the process, um, are looking to make sure that the accreditation um, survey um, is filled out and that as they fill it out, and this is the benefit that I saw in the program, you find out what you're doing and what uh, acceptable standard is and how close you come to that standard and if you're filling out this form over time to effectively apply for accreditation you might see that uh, your program comes up a little bit short and therefore you may need to go to your legislature uh, budgeting processes uh, training processes or the way that you conduct your exam and find out how to improve those so that when you sit, fill out this uh, accreditation uh, form and send it in that you really are uh, meeting those standards. It's at that point that the accreditation team will be assigned three people who are usually um, either retired state or federal regulators or active um, state regulators and they will go to that state and go through those uh, various sections of that uh, application and determine uh, is this state meeting the various standards. There's a scoring system and so forth. Uh, it's really beneficial to the state. Uh, it, you can come away from the program seeing you shine in some areas and need some work in other areas and by the time you complete the accreditation process you hopefully shine in all the areas that you can and that you need to keep that up every year. Um, annually you fill out a um, report to the uh, NASCIS, to the uh, performance accreditation committee, uh, performance standards committee, and then after five years it's time to have another visit. At that time you'll, you basically are reaccredited. So um, would I be correct in saying that this is really like a, the whole process is, is really for uh, the self-benefit for the state regulator. It's not like a, it's not like a licensing kind of process where you have to meet certain criteria in order to operate because you're operating under your own state law. 
from your own legislature, but it is intended to um, get uh, or, or to make each regulator aware of best practices and you know things they could improve. And That's it's it's a totally voluntary program, yeah. um, and it's just a matter of um, a state uh, or all the states uh, doing the best job that they can to um, regulate the industry. So. Do you have an idea how many of the 40-some-odd states that have a state charter credit union on a regular or whatnot, how many of those usually are getting accredited? 20, there's 28 right now, and oh. as I said, there's some in the process, and mm -hmm. there's those 28 are being reviewed every uh, five years to see if they're maintaining those standards. <clears throat> you said three people. <laughs> this kind of sounds like a... Uh, accrediting examination. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't, it so. is not. It is <laughs> so. not. It's not an audit. Um, what it is is we have people who have had experience, uh, whether yeah. they be retirees or uh, people that are presently uh, managing a regulatory department, a credit union regulator. Um, and basically, it's to go and to uh, go through the um, application form or the renewal or the reaccreditation and determine if um, that everything that is thought to be done is being done. Uh, sometimes there's interpretations issues on do we want to do it this way or that way? Uh, does it meet the best standard or best practice? Um, and so during the three or four day on-site review, um, much discussion will be held in all the areas that I mentioned before. And uh, that reaccreditation team will determine, yes, they've kept to the standards that uh, are required, and um, that state will then will sit down with the management of that department, with the supervisors, superintendent at the end of the week, and go through the various sections and see, uh, tell them uh, the things that they may need to work on or acknowledge those things that they're really doing well. And then um, that report is sent to the uh, Performance Standards Committee at the uh, NASCAS reviewed, questions might be asked, and then sent back to the state saying, yes, you're reaccredited for another five years. So when you were the financial institution regulator essentially here in Vermont, um, and you heard about this accreditation program by NASCAS, um, what, what made you think that would be the right thing for to, to bring into Vermont and, and to, ha to, to basically um, you know, lay open you know, your soul <laughs> as a regulator. Expose ourselves, yes, as you exactly, might say. Um, exactly. I, I, again, it was um, a, a program that was acknowledged as a, a cheat. The goal was excellence. And so it just, to us, it seemed yeah. like a perfect uh, opportunity to see how we were doing, how we could do it better, uh, how we compared to other states. One of the, the real benefits of the program today also is is that as the NASCAS goes around and works on the reaccreditation or accreditation of a new state, um, oftentimes you pick up a program or a particular activity that a state's doing that is really top shelf that really could be used in other states and uh, to help that uh, those other states to operate. And so as the years go by, it becomes quite a benefit for even like as a review team comes in and talks with the uh, superintendent or commissioner uh, of that state and uh, might see how a program is being run by that state and it may almost meet the standard or even meet the standard, but there's really a better way to do it that might be more efficient, uh, safer, 
uh, and so forth, and that that information can be shared with that state regulator. So, like we said earlier, you know, the situation probably varies from state to state based on the marketplace, the laws that vary from one state to the next, how many credit unions they do or don't have, you know, personalities and so on and so forth. So is it likely that through this accreditation process that, that NASCIS is able to um, say, hey, you know, that issue that you're, that particular issue you're facing in ABC state, your state, um, you know, we have a thought that they approached a similar situation this way in XYZ state, and maybe you might try that. Or, That's exactly what, what can happen, yeah, and it's a great way to exchange good information. Um, and uh, as, as the program goes, it, um, it, it does really raise the bar for all the states, and so the uh, having standards to, to as goals is really a good way to to manage the department it was was what i was thinking and what these states said are presently accredited do too so the accreditation process doesn't really look at the law of the state of a particular state oh it does does it does does. Um, but there's certain parts of the uh in the um, supervision part of the standards Mm -hmm. that have to do with enforcement actions uh, what types of enforcement actions a state may take uh, to make sure that the um, credit union system is safe and sound um be able to get rid of the bad apples and and so forth and so there are a list of various enforcement actions that um are thought to be the the standard and that we'll see as you go into a given state as an accreditation team member is that state have those enforcement actions in statutes in that state's Mm -hmm. statutes Mm -hmm. so you might recommend that they make some modification or pursue some modification to their statutes if they lack adequate enforcement powers or that's that's correct and then again this may take years in some sure. cases because the legislatures in some states don't even meet uh, Texas for two years and things like that but are they're left with a list of recommendations mm-hmm. that they can uh, um, see what way they can uh, what they can do to accomplish those so can I get philosophical with you for a second here <laughs> um and i didn't need to ask that because i'm going to anyway yeah i'm, I'm here but, you know given your your 21 years as a state financial regulator and now all your time that you've spent with nascus both on the board and um involved with this accreditation process um you know you're you're still connected enough to the industry to see um you know some of the new challenges that come along and so on and so forth so what do you what do you think uh, for state regulators um, are just on in aggregate you know not mm-hmm. Vermont in particular but what do you think are the modern day challenges you know how hard is it to be a state regulator I, today I think it's it, it's always been hard and I think it yeah. continues to be the 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 world churns in the area of financial regulation, whether it be credit unions or banks or mortgage companies or whatever the case may be. Um, but you have to keep up with those changes that are happening in the world. As we, I go around, and one of the um, things that really is exciting to me, too, is that I get to go to a state capital of, of all the states, that, uh, those states that are regulated, and find out what, what's really happening in those states. And in some states, I, the one I was just in, um, Actually, the, the ability to be able to finance or to um, 
help those companies that are in the cannabis business is quite mm-hmm. a, a challenge. A large state, a lot of business going on. And here we have a state law that um, may conflict with a federal law, or right. at least a, th- a theory is there. Um, so th- there's things like that that the states are trying to, to manage to be able to, uh, again, um, provide uh, a service in their state, allow a service to be provided through a uh, regular uh, through a uh, financial institution, and yet they have to walk a very fine line with um, with what um, the federal laws say. Another area where NASCAS can help out uh, in Washington. Right. Uh, another area that, that we're seeing is interstate branching, and mm-hmm. I know you you're very familiar with uh, interstate branching agreements that are right. being talked about. Vermont's always had a ability to. Um, have a cooperative agreement with another state if one of our credit unions wants to do business there or they want to do business in our state. But it, it is helpful to have a nationwide cooperative agreement or at least a regional one. And I know NASCIS is working on things like that. The other things that are that are really, uh, you know, it may happen, as you said, times go up, they're up and downs. Um, you know, when there's a financial crunch, uh, the the particular regulator may not have as much money uh, or be able to spend as much money as, as, as that regulator would like. In almost every state, most states, not every state, um, the regulator is usually financed um, by revenues received from the industry. Right. But uh, one of the things that we often see is the leadership of that state, whether it be the legislature or the governor, they feel that if they have to make cuts in their state because of the oil industries going down or something like that, they cut across department lines. And so the if they're credit union regulators in that state, they may have a year that they don't have as much money to spend in keeping people out doing reg- doing um, exams and the things that they need to do. So um, there is a, a, a number of areas. It differs around the country. But when it comes to um, something that is of a national significance, is a, it's a great opportunity for those states to work with NASCAS and with Congress, um, testifying before Congress, or working closely with the NCOA, with the regulations that they may be promulgating having to do with the insurance or insuring the, um, dra- the deposits. Um, so one more philosophical question for you. Um, it's a small state like Vermont where everything financial and as, as well as insurance and mm-hmm. whatnot is under one umbrella, one regulator with different subdivisions underneath it versus you know, a much larger state where you have, I guess there's a few credit union-only regulators. Yeah, there there, are, there? There's about five that are, are you know, in North yeah. Carolina and Texas that are, uh, that there are two examples of right. where it's their, uh, it's, all, it's their own department. Uh, many states, uh, Vermont is under an umbrella of financial regulation, right. which, as you know, is the banking, the uh, insurance, and securities. Other states, it's even much larger umbrella. They may be under a commerce department or oh, something really? like that, where there's just uh, almost too many different um areas or, or departments or sections to name. But so I was, I was going to ask you, advantage or disadvantage being under, you know, having everything under a common umbrella where you're sharing certain resources and whatnot? I, I think it's a it's a, an advantage um, as long as they're financial, like banking and All um, related. credit yeah. union and sure. mortgage or something like that. Some of the, the things that are happening again today, and NASCAS is helping with this, is that um, IT is an extremely important um, right. uh, 
subject and it, you know cybersecurity and things of this nature. And and um, honestly, the credit unions I never thought got as much uh, look at, look at as far as the or looked was were not looked at as much in the area of IT. The mm-hmm. NCUA had a special sheet that they had questions regarding it, but it's getting more and more complicated and complex. What I'm seeing in the states that I've gone in recently is that the credit union division would use or borrow banking IT examiners to help with that portion of the exam. And so the credit union examiners can continue to focus on the things they know and do best, but they can get that certain expertise and that has to do with uh, something that's very important today, the the IT or cybersecurity. Interesting. Um, Time has flown by as we've been chatting here, but uh, anything that I've uh, omitted or areas we've missed? Well, I I would encourage people to take a look at the NASCIS website as long as we're talking about NASCIS. It's uh, um, got a great staff. Lucy Ito is a, is in charge there. Right, uh, has some um, as you know some uh, uh, league background, uh, but For also sure. knows the credit unions and knows the um, the regulators and been doing a great job. Um, NASCAS does have as its members the states with the that have credit union uh, regulators in them, but we also have they also I sometimes have trouble separating myself right. there. They also have. Um, Members who are uh, not necessarily the credit union regulator, but credit unions, both yes. federal and state. They also have other associations that are uh, involved with the credit union movement. CUNA comes to mind that do work with NASCIS, are members of NASCIS, affiliate or otherwise. And so it is a, a great organization. Um, um, it's always uh, good to get in the room with, uh, we said, with regulators and credit unions and work out what's the best way to um take care of members, but also a work that, uh, a safe and sound environment. Well, I know our own association of my credit is a member of NASCIS, as are some number, I don't know the exact number, but quite a few credit union leagues from across the country and some individual credit unions as well. Yep. Uh, and I know NASCIS provides, you know, is, is a source of information and education for all of those entities to whatever extent they want to exercise it. So that's great. They, yeah, they do provide some, uh, um, some quite a bit of training and right. um, um, across the, and he, and those trainings are held across the country to make it right. easy for people. So, right. uh, a, a, an organization that everyone, every credit union, league, and of course regulators should take a look at and not hesitate to request some information or make a point on how things can be done better. So anyone that's interested in learning more about NASCUS can go to, I think it's nascus.org, right? Correct. Yeah, yep. very good. Thanks for that. Um, so it's I, been – go ahead. No, I, I, I just thought I'm – Put one more plug in that, that for the uh, we have the accreditation program NASCIS does, which is important for the regulator for the state regulator. Right. They have examiners, and those examiners also can uh, receive a certification for examiner or examiner supervisor. And so it's that constant uh, effort to train um, both the. Uh, state regulator and and the examiners the work there, right. the individuals, to yeah. be able to do their best and be the best. That's great. That's awesome. Improves the quality overall and helps the credit union movement, too. That's for sure. Wonderful. Tom, it has been wonderful talking to you. 
Thank you for this opportunity. You know, after we stop recording, you and I might continue to chit-chatting about gossipy kind of stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I've been a, uh, retirees. I don't get all the gossip, so this is a good opportunity. Well, I, I don't know about that. I'm going to be looking to you for for some gossip. Um, but it has been great again chatting with you. I really appreciate it. With that, we have reached the end of another Vermont Credians on Air podcast, and I hope you have found it interesting. You can hear all of our previously recorded podcasts by searching for Vermont Credit Unions on Air in the iTunes Store or at SoundCloud.com. If you've got ideas for a podcast on something you'd like to hear about, send it to podcast at vermontcreditunions with an S dot co-op. Until our next podcast, this is Joe Bergeron and... Tom Cannon. Very good. Thank you. I'm the Association of Vermont Credit Unions thanking you for listening.